0: To Mast Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mast. I'm a certified life coach, an author, a speaker. I've written several books on family life education, including Love and Life, Sex Respect, and the new Love Ed video discussion series that I'll be Launching over at St. John the Evangelist in Indiana, coming up uh, next Monday. I'll be doing the parent meeting for them because they only live an hour away, and then they'll put on the parent and child level one and level two seminars. One couple mother daughter ones, couple father son ones on video um, in the spring. But I'm excited to be going to St. John to uh, to launch Love Ed on Monday. And uh, I've been in family life education my entire career, and I have. This has led me to. I was on Oprah, Geraldo, Mother and Live, 60 Minutes, Steubenville, high school youth conferences. I spoke. I've debated the presidents of SICUS and Planned Parenthood and the ACLU <laughs> on public radio. I've trained catechists in the diocese of Hong Kong, Mexico City, Manila. Rome, many places throughout the world, and I thank God for this opportunity to serve Him. I was actually invited to the Vatican uh, for the a meeting with the Pontifical Council for the Family when they released the Truth and Meaning of Human Sexuality, and served as an advisory to the USCCB National Review Board from 2011 to 2015. But I have some life experience that can help you today, besides my professional experience and my teaching certificates in health science, physical education, and theology. I've been married for way over 40 years. I have five adult children, seven grandchildren, and I came from a large family where I learned a lot of my life lessons. I was second oldest of nine children, and I have lots of cousins, and we've all had some of those same problems you do. However, in the last 10 years, a lot of new problems have come up that we never would have thought of when we were growing up. So that's why the the Love Ed program is so special to parishes, because parents need to know, how do I explain this to keep my child innocent but not ignorant uh, when we are facing questions that we never would have asked, let alone how to, to answer. So give me a call with your question or personal problem. And I hope to help you today. Maybe you're struggling with a relationship in your family. Maybe it's right in your own marriage. Maybe it's with one of your children or one of your parents or extended family, a brother or sister that is now living on their own. Or maybe you are trying to make a big decision about something and you'd just like a second opinion. Well, if you would like some free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective, you are in the right place, whether you accidentally or providentially stumbled over this radio station, Um, you can be here with us for the next two hours. This is Colleen Kelly Mast. The show is called Mast Appeal, and we have two hours here offering free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. All you have to do is dial this toll-free number, 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK, and tell our call screener, Melissa... Your first name and where you're calling from or what station you're listening to. It might be Sirius Radio. You might have gotten uh, Ave Maria Radio's app. Um, You might be listening to your wonderful local Catholic radio station. You might be listening online. You might be listening because you just dialed in your dumb phone, uh, 518-931-1128. However you're listening to us on Sirius Radio, Channel 130 or wherever, welcome to Mass Appeal. Give us a call with your question or personal problem. Your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are today. I just get the opening comments. The number is 877-573-7825. pep talk Quite often we try to get ready on this show for the weekend's readings. And of course, every weekend there are so many beautiful lessons for us. But pretty famous things coming up this Sunday that we need to ponder... As you're already working through First Saturday and First Saturday devotions, we have tomorrow's gospel concluding with, The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And a lot of times today people misunderstand what humility really is. St. Teresa of Avila says there's more value in a little study of humility and in a single act of it than in all the knowledge of the world. That was St. Teresa of Avila. So humility is a virtue like we know we need to admire. Jesus tells us to develop that. And we ask him to deliver us from our own desires because our pride gets in the way of us responding to God, or maybe sometimes our stubbornness gets in the way of us responding to God. And people often think that humility is putting yourself down or making yourself small or less than or lowering your self-esteem, which is something people have feared for 30 or 40 years now culturally. But that isn't the humility of Jesus Christ, of the disciples, of Mary and the saints. So when we pray that we desire humility, we want a meekness that exudes love and tenderness and care for others and a knowledge that there's a life beyond where we are right now. And so sometimes humility is being so comfortable with yourself, the person that God created you, that you don't spend time or energy worrying about what others think about you. Or you might spend... That time and energy thinking about others, loving them, supporting them. And so there should be a compassion for others that goes with your humility because you realize you aren't the most important one. Sometimes we get irritated just if someone interrupts us. And if we could grow in humility, we would respect that and let them finish talking and... Pardon ourselves and come in later. So there is a prayer that I'd like to start off today's show called the Litany of Humility that some of you might be familiar with. Maybe your spiritual director told you to copy it off the internet. I know you can get it on the the EWTN Devotions website. So we can uh, start with that prayer today, so we'll be prepared for tomorrow's gospel knowing what humility is. So there was a, a prayer written by, let me see who wrote this, I know it was somebody from the Vatican, um, a secretary to Pope St. Pius X, from 1903 to 1914. He wrote a version of the Litany of Humility, and the text that most people pray today is attributed to this cardinal, Cardinal Raphael Meridel Sal, 1865 to 1830. And we also know that his litany of humility was prayed by C.S. Lewis, and he had written about it too. And so let's go through it and see how we do. So in the Litany of Humility, there there's basically three sections, and the first one asks Jesus to deliver us from the way that we see other people or depend on them. It goes like this, from the desire of being esteemed... Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. I know your prides are already getting hit, right? From the de- desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus from the desire of being approved. Deliver me, Jesus. Whoa, that's only the first third. I know some of you are scared already. And you think, what if I practice this kind of humility in my marriage or in my own family or with my brothers and sisters or with my coworkers? If I wasn't always wanting to be esteemed, loved, extolled, honored, praised, preferred, consulted, and approved. What if you just connected to God and knew that what you were doing was approved by Him and didn't need human approval? Okay, the second part of the Litany of Humility, we ask Jesus to deliver us from the fears that prevent us from living life with compassion for God, for others, and ourselves. So after each petition, we respond, again, deliver me, Jesus. You ready for this next part? From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus from the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus, from the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. And how many times have people said bad things about you or told lies about you? And we just grow in humility. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, Deliver me, Jesus. Okay, we're two-thirds of the way through the Litany of Humility as we prepare for this Sunday's Gospel. He who humbles himself will be exalted. He who exalts himself will be humbled. I flipped it the other way around. But those words of Jesus... Challenge us to know where is our pride, where where is our self-importance getting the way of us being meek and humble and compassionate toward others and thinking we're more important than them. Okay, the third part of the Litany of Humility, we ask Jesus to guide us uh, toward loving our neighbors before ourselves. Remember last week we studied love our neighbors as ourselves, um, and so we do want to put our neighbors' concerns before ourselves. Respond with, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. So this part three of the Litany of Humility says, That others may be loved more than I. Grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I. Grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I go unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, are you ready for tomorrow's gospel? That's a lot. And it kind of goes against everything that our culture is teaching us and some of the teachings, especially of the, the 80s and 90s and the 2000s when people are were just promoting in the schools and in the culture and to parenting that you have to have this high self-esteem. We have to teach kids of their self-importance. And Um, That they should be, you know, always uh, noticed and praised all the time. And, And here we're praying in the litany of humility that others may be praised and I go unnoticed. Or that others may be preferred to me in everything. Or others will even be holier than I. Others may be loved more than I or esteemed more than I. So that's something to ponder. You can find that anywhere. It's on the EWTN devotions uh, part of their website at EWTN.com. You can probably find copies of it on various holy cards at your favorite religious good book, bookstore. Or just search online if you can do that. And uh, so pray that litany of humility and uh, and let this gospel of this Sunday really sink in. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. What if you thought of that in your marriage as you are here to serve your spouse and your children? Think of how we would grant the grace for humility. Give us a call with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show is 877 573 Seventy eight twenty five eight seven seven five Pep Talk. This is Colleen Kelly Mast. You're listening to Catholic Radio. This show is called Mast Appeal. We'll be taking your calls for two hours and back in just a moment.
1: How often does the church require us to receive our Blessed Lord in the Eucharist? A Catholic is required to receive Holy Communion at least once a year, if possible during the Easter season. The Second Vatican Council, however, warmly recommended that the properly prepared faithful receive communion every time they participate in Mass. We are obliged to attend the Divine Liturgy on Sundays and Holy Days, but we are encouraged to participate more often, even daily. The Church also cautions, however, against a sacrilegious reception of the sacrament. Quoting St. Paul's stern admonition, that whoever takes communion unworthily profanes the Lord and brings judgment upon himself. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Thank you for listening.
2: You're listening to Ave Maria Radio. Ave Maria Radio.
3: Can you name the five richest people in the world? How about naming five people who have won a Pulitzer Prize? Or how about the last six people to win an Academy Award? doubt you're blurting out those names as I ask the questions. How about these questions? Can you name a favorite teacher who taught you an important life lesson? Can you name a friend who helped you in a difficult time? What about the person who truly changed your life? What about people who have taken the time out to make you feel better, appreciated, or special? What about several heroes whose stories have inspired you? What does this all mean? Well, we rarely remember the famous people, but we never forget the people who impacted us personally. It's not about being a household name. It's about being a sister or brother in Christ, inspiring others. You want to be an influencer? Communicate kindness. Communicate love. Communicate hope. Communicate peace. Be the person someone else will never forget. This has been a Christ Center Communication Message. I'm Vanessa Don Hagarmo, a communications evangelist.
0: Good morning. Welcome to Mass Appeal the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly-Mast, your hostess today, and I've been here at Catholic Radio for 23 years giving out free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. So. I may have heard your question before, but you never know. We could be surprised with some new ones. The world is changing. It's not a world of Judeo-Christian values anymore. We've got a lot of things to face to be strong. And even the things that appear to be Christian sometimes, the devil kind of sneaks in there and tricks us. Give us a call with your question or personal problem as you're trying to live out your faith, whether you are Jewish or Protestant or Catholic. We've got callers from all over the country here. The number to get on today's Mast Appeal is 877 573 7825 pep talk This is Colleen Kelly Mast. I'm a certified life coach, author, and speaker. And you are welcome to learn more about my work at my website at respect 4 Respect the number four and the letter U. .com. Go check it out. All right, let's get to our calls here. Karen from Ohio is first, listening on 1260 AM, The Rock Radio. We've got a wonderful station there in Ohio. Go ahead, Karen. You are on the air now. How can I help you?
4: Oh, thank you. Um, I'm calling about my, um, I've been divorced a while, and I'm very upset about it. I didn't want to get divorced, but it was a drinker and a verbal abuser, and um, he still contact me, and I try to get him to go to church with me sometimes. But um, I'm so sad because I want to move on. I feel like I've spent the last seven years just pining over him and wishing he'll come back. But there's no change. He's still drinking. He's still not nice. And um, I just feel like I want to move forward. But it's so sad because I just really want my family back, and I feel like I'm... I'm in a worse situation now because I'm just stuck, and I I, I don't know how to move forward because I keep hoping and praying that maybe he'll change, but I'm worried that if i am with somebody else, then, that, then he'll change all of a sudden, and then I'll be already committed to somebody else. So I mm. feel like I'm just sitting around waiting and, and not really living life because it's sad. I want my family back. I don't
0: want another family, but
5: mm. it, there just well. doesn't
0: seem to be any hope. Yeah, I've heard this before. Divorce is worse than you think. Um that many people say that, that experience that whether the children of divorce or the, the people who are divorced themselves, that it, it's a bad thing. I, I know that my parents were divorced after thirty one years and nine kids and that it was bad well, they're both past now, but every holiday it was bad. Every time you um you know, had a family gathering, it was bad. They even had special instructions at my daughter's wedding of where you could sit and um, that divorce is not a good thing and, and Jesus even tells us that, you know, that divorce is bad. So that's because it's It's true. God did intend you to be together for life. So, Karen, you you can move on emotionally, psychologically, socially, without dating and looking for another person you could still realize if you if your marriage has not been annulled that you promised your life to this person but no 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 it's been annulled. i wasn't married in the church i have a lack of
4: form no there's no no issue there all right it's just no that's not the issue the issue is i don't want to be alone it's not fun being by yourself it's just that i guess I was hoping that maybe he would, like, come to his senses,
0: and apparently he's not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't expect that to happen. And ex- accept. you can accept the fact that he is not going to change, and you can move on with a wonderful social life still without going toward another marriage. If you have this fear in you, you have to accept the fact or accept today's reality we'll say that much accept today's reality that he may never change and but he might once you give that up you never know if your prayers will be answered better than you thought or better than you can imagine but you can I'm, what I'm suggesting is to emotionally turn him over to our Lord consecrate him to the Holy Family and Give up the idea that he is going to change unless it is God's will for him. And then look where you can create a social life of Bible study of girlfriends, extended family, maybe be a mentor to your nieces. Um, Do you have children as well, Karen? Yes, I have children
4: and grandchildren.
0: Okay, and children and grandchildren. And ask God to show you the way to have your needs met your social needs, your a sense of belonging, those needs met right now on your own, which is something you should do anyway before you ever, you know, look for the next person or date. So I would suggest that you find a way for at least a year to work at a social life, a sense of belonging, a way that you can give of yourself in love to others without seeking a, a romance or a date but to find fulfillment in being a single person loving God. And once you really accept that reality that you're facing now of of Him not changing and you accepting your life as a single person connected to God, serving Him in whatever uh, job you have, whatever volunteer work you have, whatever family that you have, and be content in that, only then will God show you how or if you're supposed to move on. Or maybe he will uh, convert later on, but I would give yourself a whole year of just being resting in god 's arms, being content with his love, and serving him and then if if it 's god 's choice, he will just pop somebody into your life unexpected in one of the uh, volunteer works or a Bible study or uh somebody else will um, you know will introduce you to someone, but if you took a year of instead of sitting and waiting. Just thinking, Lord, this is my life right now. I am single. I am serving you. And, um, and I am asking you just to, to love me and help me experience the, the graces of being a single person. And once you accept that, then, you, then your life, your outlook will be a lot different, Karen. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. God bless you. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal, a relationship with God our individual relationship with god is so important whether we're married or single or dating or a teenager or an old person or um, a sick person or middle-aged person we our relationship with god should be key to our contentment we shouldn't always be looking for the next thing or sad about the last thing but but if we can be present with god live in today with him whatever situation he handles he hands us and expect God's love, because it's always there, and humbly realize that everybody else is not responding to God's love in the way that we would want it. Pray for others, but find joy in these days, these months, these years with God. And if you do that, even in your marriage, and expect less maybe of your spouse, and pray for them, and grow in some way. Find a way to to grow in your own marriage. You can, you'll be happier in your marriage if your relationship with God is in tune. Give us a call with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show is eight seven seven five seventy three seventy eight twenty five eight seven seven five pep talk. Do we have time for Barbara here? Or no? Okay, no, we don't have time. We'll we'll take, oh, we've got Kelly from Ohio and Barbara from Ohio. Ohio's up this morning. Okay, so I do want to just mention something. If we just have a few seconds, I've got a couple warning emails about a heads up about the new film, Journey to Bethlehem. It's the latest of the evangelical projects in film and television. And I have a couple, two people different emailed me this week, and that had had a friend attend the advance showing, and it's it's Protestant, but they take a lot of liberties, and it misrepresents Joseph, Mary, and Mary's parents. And so, heads up, let's watch for the Catholic reviews of that. Uh, is it really going to lead us to truth? It might be entertaining, uh, but is it going to uh, harm our view of the Blessed Mother? Or another letter I got said that it it makes her appear as if she was sinful and resentful and had some problems, which we know Mary was sinless, according to the Catholic faith. So check out the reviews from real Catholic sources before you go off and bring people to see Journey to Bethlehem, and then we'll find out what it's really about. Be
3: back in a moment.
6: On the next epiphany.
3: The Fear of the Lord is Hatred of Evil. Vanessa Denha Garmo here. Two great events coming up. Susan Chaljian is going to encourage us to attend a seminar, Aging in Michigan. And Jack Rasula invites us to the experiences as a papal missionary of mercy.
6: Epiphany, weekdays at noon. And be sure to catch past episodes in our archive at Avemarioradio.net.
3: The following is a medical moment. Hi, I'm
7: Bobby Schindler, brother of Terry Schiavo. The American Medical Association says informed consent to medical treatment is a fundamental right established in both medical ethics and U.S. law. Patients have the right to receive information and ask questions about recommended treatments so that they can make well-considered decisions about care. When speaking with a patient regarding different procedures and care options, a physician must give accurate information about the diagnosis, treatment, benefits, and risk, and allow the patient to ask questions. Ensure the patient understands the consequences of the treatment alternatives and decide if the patient is capable of making decisions with a sound mind. Document the informed consent conversation and the patient's or their healthcare agent's treatment decision. It is vital to have a healthcare agent who is aware of all your wishes, values, and medical information so that your wishes are respected in the event you are not able to make these decisions at some point.
3: This medical moment brought to you by MyLifeAngels.com.
6: This week on Christ is the Answer, Father John breaks open the Theology of the Body. The Theology of the Body's books and teachings were developed from five years' worth of homilies from Pope St. John Paul II. He preached about the dignity and beauty of our physical form, the image of God reflected in our very existence. Join us this week as Father John shows us the glory in our creation, as well as how to read the Bible. Tune in for Christ is the Answer Monday through Fridays at 11 a.m. on Ave Maria Radio.
0: Good morning. Welcome to Mast Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mast, your hostess today and every Saturday morning here, offering free friendly advice from a Catholic perspective when you dial this toll-free number, 877. That makes it toll-free. 573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. You can learn more about my work at my website, respect whether you want to learn about my speaking, my life coaching, my books, Love, Ed, Sex, Respect, Love, and Life, or more about the radio show or my background. That's Respect, the number four, the letter u.com. Right before we started, I was uh, looking at some of the emails I would received about uh, Catholic warnings about the... Uh, beautiful movie coming out called Journey to Bethlehem. One person who did see it, they they said they were the only Catholic in the room previewing it, they said there was some tuneful and enjoyable song and dance. One of the Protestant ministers said there was some deviation from Scripture. And so he said that uh, Mary and Joseph were given contemporary secular values and expectations to a point. And Mary's portrayed as a woman who's frustrated by societal mores because deep down inside she wants to be a teacher like her father. And Herod's son saves the pregnant Mary from King Herod who's looking for her by not pointing her out when he sees her. So there are other Christmas movies out that do not offend Catholic teachings. Don't be confused by this if you choose to see it, or maybe you do not want to support it at all, but um, I've just got a couple notes here about um, people who have seen or heard about Journey to Bethlehem. So as it comes out, I think this weekend, watch for good Catholic reviews, and don't let yourself get swayed into false thinking about the truths that we know that are scriptural, that are true according to the traditions of the church, that helps us, help us appreciate the Holy Family and the Nativity. Let's go to our phones here. We've got uh, Kelly from Ohio listening on Sirius XM 130. Welcome to the show, Kelly. You're on the air now. How can I help you, Kelly?
8: Oh, hi. Am hi. I on with Kelly now?
0: You're on right now on the air. Just pretend we're chatting on the phone. Let me know your question. Go ahead okay my question pertains to um i
8: currently am in a situation where my 15 year old has moved in with his father um he's been with me for his whole 15 years of was raised in a Catholic uh, community and at Catholic school now with his dad um and i don't have a whole lot of communication with him anymore i only see him every other weekend when he comes home he argues about going to church, um, says that he doesn't believe in God anymore. When he leaves to go back to dad, I try to be loving and encourage him to call, to text. The communication is very poor, and I really honestly feel that's encouraged by his father. And I just have a breakdown in our relationship, and I want to rebuild it and not be angry about the lack of communication of the time that I don't have with him. And then he's looking for some advice.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, this is a tough situation, Kelly, um, when we're not with our child that much and we have great hopes for him. However, a boy who's 15, just because of his masculinity, wants to connect to his dad so that perfectly makes sense according to his hormonal development there. So how can you stay connected to him? You do see him every other weekend. Maybe he calls, maybe he doesn't. And his task right now at age 15, 16, 17 is to find out who he is that isn't his mother. So some kids do it by rebelling and taking another set of values. Some kids do it by questioning. Some do it by getting a job and, and finding another uh, a path for their independence And so, pray that, well, first of all, pray for him. Pray that he follows God and knows that he needs God, even though a a pagan life that he might see at school or might choose um, might seem fun or or, uh, feeding his desire for independence right now. And so, talk to him about what to expect in the school and listen to him carefully. Do a lot more listening than correcting and affirm anything that is good that you see, like if he asks questions about God, like, oh, I don't believe in God anymore. And you can say, well, what, what do you believe in? And, you know, tell me more about that. And, uh, and when you did believe in God, what did you believe? And how did that change? So you want to show interest in him so he doesn't just throw that at you like, I don't believe in God anymore, just as a form of rebellion. You want to show interest in what he's thinking, if he's thinking logically, and if he starts um, thinking about it and having to, to process that information and answer your questions, it plants those seeds a lot more deeply. So think of how to ask him questions about what he says so it shows Him that you want to understand him, you want to see where he's coming from, you want to listen to him, and that way he's going to be a bit more open. Then you want to ask questions about what he's learning Um, instead of getting, you know, angry about what's happening, figure out what he is uh, learning, what he's doing, what he's thinking, and then give him ask him questions that give him gentle guidance, like, Do you think, you know, skipping church? Is really going to help you? How is it going to help you? Oh, I get some sleep. Well, what do most Catholics think that going to church means? And how, when you were being raised, did you see that going to church was a benefit to you? Do you know what goes on at church? Do you understand what goes on at Mass? And maybe show them um, a little video on YouTube that starts a conversation. For example. the Veil Removed is a beautiful, about a seven-minute video on what's really going on supernaturally during Mass, and the angels come down and they see what's really happening. So The Veil Removed, just show them that on your weekend and just talk about it. Say, well, what do you think is happening here? Why do you think this guy made this movie? He's probably a visual learner, as most boys are. And and let that spur on a discussion for you. Another one might be a funny, it's it's funny but powerful, called Falling Plates. And this is written for youth groups and people that are searching. Um, It's not crashing plates. No, I think it's Falling Plates. And that might be just two minutes. And it's really powerful for a child or a teenager who goes to a public school. It's also powerful for, for, for adults. So the first one's Veil Removed, which is very spiritual. Falling Plates is just about plates falling and crashing and the message is why we need a savior. So show him those separately. Maybe show him falling plates one week and a couple weeks later show him the veil removed. And open conversations with him so you learn what he's thinking. Because you want to help him learn how to think critically and think to, to seek toward truth. That his questions he should be asking himself should be seeking truth. So you want to affirm the fact that He's asking questions. You say, hey, you're 15 now. You're moving from being a concrete thinker, black and white, to an abstract thinker. But you say, the problem is, if you're with your dad who isn't practicing the faith, you're not really going to find the answers. You're going to be seeking your answers in all the wrong places and end up not knowing what love really is. Another resource you might discuss with him is go to... um, Father Robert Spitzer's site called Healing the Culture, healingtheculture.org. And they have there on their resources, they have free handouts. One's called The Four Levels of Happiness, one's called The Four Levels of Love, one's called The Four Levels of Success. And it's just to start having conversations with him. Don't feel like you're losing him. Engage him in conversations for the time that you have. And then prepare him with truth for what he's going to be facing at school. So love him, affirm him, try to understand him so he can kind of look forward and be intrigued by your visits rather than resist. To Mast Appeal, the Saturday Morning Live Show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. This is Colleen Kelly Mast. I'm a life coach, author, a speaker, and I'm here to help you every Saturday morning. You can learn more about my work at my website, Respect, the number four, the letter U dot com. I started out as a teacher, and then people said, "How'd you get your students to turn out like that?" Can you write that down? And wrote that down. The first chastity education book that was uh, post-Vatican II when people were saying, oh, that's an old-fashioned thing. And I'm like, no, it makes people happy. And my students were delighted to learn they should wait until marriage. And so uh, I end up writing Love and Life and then Sex Respect for Public Schools and then now Love Ed. So uh, my journey has been interesting and a wild ride as, as it always is. When you just say yes to God, whatever you need, I'll do it, and God will give you something to do that will match your particular personality, talents, and education. Give us a call with your question or personal problem as we're trying to live out our faith. The number is 877 573 7825 pep talk Our next caller is Barbara from Ohio listening on The Rock Radio. Welcome to the show, Barbara. How can I help you today?
9: Oh, Good morning, Callie. Uh, Thank you so much. I I appreciate your wisdom that you share on on the air. I'm I'm a fan. Uh, I'm asking again today uh, about Issue 1 that will be voted on in Ohio on Tuesday, November 7th. I'm asking for prayers and fasting that the voters choose to vote no to defeat this horrible proposed amendment. Okay, you've got to stop, stop,
0: clue everybody in uh, that's not from Ohio as to exactly what this issue number one is, so we know what we're praying for. Okay.
9: Okay. All right. Um, and. And the reason I'm asking because we need prayers from everybody across the country. And they're right, going to do right. this in other states coming up.
0: I know. Well, um, we already did was, this for Michigan, I know. So, and, okay. So uh, right, go the ahead.
9: Constitution, uh, they're trying to propose an amendment to the Ohio Constitution that would enshrine abortion into the Constitution. It's, it's far worse than Roe. Okay. If passed, it would permit abortion until, the, not until birth. It would strip parents of their rights because minors would be able to obtain an abortion or any other reproductive decisions that they could make without parental knowledge, notification, or consent. And then um, the law, if passed, would protect any person or entity who assists a patient, in, in, even oh. a sex trafficker or someone who raped a child, could bring their victim to the clinic for an abortion. That is horrendous. The pro-abortion side outspending the pro-life side three to one. They have $30 million. Our side has $10 million. Mm-hmm. and. And we've, you know, and a former well-known abortionist who did late-term abortions has contributed like a hundred thousand dollars just himself, because if this does pass, he can have a business again with late-term abortions. And the commercials are are full of lies, and they're being paid for by the mm, other side. Mm. Your people are believing them, and so we're hoping that people will please don't listen to those commercials and okay. and just vote no, and ask their family and friends to, you know, please make sure they vote. And if they want more information they can go to protectwomenohio.com. dot com or that's the uh the organization that's that's leading the cause. And then also the Right to Life is OhioLife dot org. And there's also the Catholic Conference, which is OhioCath, C A T H and then C O N F dot org. Uh, forward slash protect, and there's all that information online if people want to know more. But to just turn up the television, don't even listen to the okay. other they, they're just lying. All right, so, we will uh, pray for
0: that then, Barbara. You're welcome. And other states that this issue could come up. I know it's come up in a couple other states so far. It could come up in your state as well. So take a look at that, protectwomenohio.com or org and see what they're doing so you are ready when this comes to your state. Maybe it's just creeping up in your legislature now. But certainly as Catholics, we want to make sure that baby slaughter is not enshrined in the Constitution in any State, This is enough to make anyone sick, and so we know that the commercials are full of lies so let 's pray, 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 and if you do live in Ohio, vote no on issue one. And um, those of you that have the capacity to pray, do so. Those of you that are sacrificing or suffering, offer up your sufferings to save babies in Ohio and to save the legislature from um, voting. So, go ahead and uh, and pray and be aware that this could be coming to your state as well. So, thank you, Barbara, for bringing that to our attention. I appreciate that. Oh, call. Thank you. Okay, thank you. God Barbara. bless you. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal, where you can get free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. Let's see if we should take... Maybe we could do line one from Utah before the break. Okay, we'll take uh, Anonymous from Utah before the break because it's a comment about what I said to Karen earlier, our first caller um, who was divorced and was wanting to know how to move on. I suggested she move on as an individual who loves God and, and fills her life with contentment being single for now rather than just waiting and waiting or finding the next person so quickly. Okay, so Anonymous from Utah, what is your comment um, to Karen? Go ahead. You're on the air.
10: Well, thanks again. A a great program. And, uh, you know, you started off talking about, you know, how bad uh, divorce is, and that's that's certainly true. But, you know, more and more people, unfortunately, don't see it that way. So the first caller, I'm a little confused and like some clarification, Uh, one of the things you said was uh, you talked about annulment, and she said, well, I wasn't married sacramentally. Mm
5: -hmm. So I
10: almost got the impression that, uh, okay, well, I know Catholic annulment. I I understand the process for that. But if you're not married sacramentally, uh, you're still a married person. Mm -hmm. You know, you're still a married person. So I don't understand, like, if you could explain the difference a Catholic has to go through an annulment if they were married sacramentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, not, uh, a person that wasn't, even though they're Catholic, wasn't married sacramentally, I mean, it's still a marriage. So uh, that's something that I have problems with, and I think a lot of problems people have problems with. Uh, and then the, the other part of that question when she talked about, you know, how do you trust again? And, and that's right. How do, you, how do you really know that the other person has changed? Uh, So I felt bad for that lady, but there's so many Mm -hmm. people that are in the same position as her. So those are my two questions. Uh, uh, A marriage is a marriage. Uh, I understand sacramentally, but... You know, a marriage is a marriage.
0: Yeah, and that's why she's connected to him. She did marry him. She is connected to him. And the, the back in the book of Genesis, God said, man shall leave his father and mother, cling to his wife, and the two shall become one. And, and man cannot separate what God has joined. Because there are more things that happen in a marriage than just a license. When you come together in the marriage act and the two become one, there are also all sorts of chemicals and hormones and emotions, and you give yourself to this whole person. So you're right, a, a marriage is a marriage, and it, and we, we physically, and emotionally, and socially, and spiritually, in a way, join our lives to that other person. So a marriage is a marriage no matter what. And understanding the laws of um, the laws, well, the rules of annulments is difficult, I think, for all of us. I was just reading something on annulments this uh, past week, and it it spoke about the the number of annulments there were 40 years ago versus the number of annulments that there are today. So an annulment says that there was not really a sacramental marriage in the beginning. However, it doesn't deny that there was a marriage and that there was a union of two people, and obviously there were children in the marriage. So all it says is that the the the, mar- the sacramental marriage in the eyes of God. So the um, the the uh, diocese determines um, is not acknowledged by the church as valid and so it it still can be acknowledged legally that it was a marriage and that's why they get a legal divorce and obviously our caller note note that it's emotional connection but the annulment just says that there was not the the proper form Now a lot of people see that as just you know, dancing around the rules a way to get around it. Um in, in some cases That is true. In other cases, it really um, saves someone and and relieves someone from the difficulties of staying in a very abusive relationship that is harming their own dignity. And they realize that this person was not capable of total self-giving love at all when they married them. Or maybe, as as she said in hers, that the form wasn't right. So a marriage is a marriage, and, and the tribunals in different dioceses will look at that in different ways. And then as far as how do you trust again, and that is why I recommended to her to establish a very close relationship with God and being content as a single person. Develop your trust in God. Grow in virtue. Be confident in your uh, life of serving God, to know, love, and serve Him, and grow in virtue. And then when you find yourself facing Choices again, if you are going to move on or move uh, or renew that relationship, how do you trust again? Trust is rebuilt very, very slowly with that person earning your trust. And you trusting in God and listening for those gentle consolations, those gentle words of our Lord um, that let us know it's right to move ahead, as well as continually to pray for that person. So trusting, again, is a very slow process, especially if we're dealing with someone like an alcoholic or a drug addict that that comes and goes like they'll be good for a while and then they they'll fall back into their habits so if you trust again or go back with a person that that had a form of addiction you have to um, be accepting of the reality that they might come back and forth and you will love them through the whole process so i hope that helps i'm way late for break we'll be back with more of mass appeal right after this message
2: It's time for Family Man with Dr. Gregory Popchuk.
6: Too often we parents get so caught up in the day-to-day grind of family life, appointments, chores, emails, and so on, that we don't spend enough time on our most important job, spiritually parenting our kids. What is spiritual parenting? It's nothing more than capturing our kids' hearts and then doing what we can to bring their hearts to God. The liturgy of domestic church life provides the rituals and routines we need to be good spiritual parents prioritizing family time, being extravagant in our affection and affirmation, serving one another generously and cheerfully, and practicing gentle discipleship discipline. Ultimately, spiritual parenting is about helping our kids recognize their inherent worth so that they, in turn, can love God and others wholeheartedly. To find out more about spiritual parenting, check out our books, Parenting Your Kids with Grace and Parenting Your Teens and Tweens with Grace, or visit catholichom.com. I'm Dr. Greg Pottschak, but you can call me Family Man. To discover more ways faith can enrich your life, visit CatholicCounselors.com.
2: Ever thought you'd make a bundle by trading in or selling your used vehicle only to find out it's worth a dinner for two? Well, it's much more valuable to donate your vehicle to Ave Maria Radio. Thousands of Americans donate their vehicle each year. The donation to Ave Maria is easy, tax-deductible, and supports our efforts to evangelize. A year from now, will you remember that dinner or your gracious and selfless donation? go to ave dot net to find out more that's ave maria Radio.net.
0: good morning welcome to mass appeal we're Topping off our first hour here, we'll be back in a few minutes for our second hour. But for now, give us a call with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show for this next hour is 877 573 7825 pep talk We don't have time to take our caller because we just have a few minutes before break. And we do have a couple callers who already dropped off the line, so I'll try to answer their questions as well. But I did, I did want to mention this email while we have a chance. I mentioned one about somebody warning us about the movie coming out that it's not so Catholic and it kind of distorts our understanding of the faith and Mary and Joseph, and uh, <coughs> adds some secular views um, to that. But is enter- you know can be entertaining. Then somebody told me that the uh, Scholastic Book Club is selling a book that is really harmful for kids with a cover in disguise. So um, you can't judge a book by its cover. It's going to be true here. So my friend wrote, beware of the book Conversations with God. Now you might think that's a good book and buy it for one of your kids for um, Christmas or something. So Conversations with God and Conversations with God for Teens, written by Neil Walsh through Scholastic Book Club, so you think, oh, good, Scholastic Book Club at the book fair at school is having conversations with God if grandparents' day is coming up or, or the parents are sent that flyer home from school and your kids get points for purchasing six different books. So don't get Conversations with God or Conversations with God for Teens by Neil Walsh because Walsh, it says it sounds harmless, but the answers that God Gives, supposedly the the voice of God that's answering this, are not Bible-based. They go against every infallible word of God. For example, a girl asks, like, why am I a lesbian? And the answer is that she was born that way because of genetics, just as you were born right-handed or with brown eyes. And he tells her to go out and celebrate her differences. Another girl poses the question in this book, Conversations with God for Teens. I'm living with my boyfriend. My parents say I should marry him because I'm living in sin. Should I marry him? And this false god here in the book, Conversations with God, replies, Who are you sinning against? Not me, because you've done nothing wrong. Another <laughs> So another question asks God about forgiveness of sin, and he replies, I do not forgive anyone because there's nothing to uh, forgive. Um And, uh, you know, so anyway, there are, there's no such thing, he says, as right or wrong, and that's what I've been trying to tell everyone not to judge people. People have chosen to judge one another, and this is wrong because the rule is judge not, lest you be judged. So these are false doctrines of the devil. And, uh, and the picture that came with that is a picture of the devil holding a kid's hand. So I don't know if that was uh, some, some uh, Christian or Catholic that uh, that put that together. But you know that our our kids are under attack. And. Uh, a reliable place people would think would be Scholastic Book Club, and these are sold to our children through school. So if your kids bring home that flyer and say, Oh, Mom, look, at there's a Christian book in the Scholastic Book Club, Conversations with God or Conversations with God for Teens, don't buy it because it's a bunch of lies. Now, here's the problem. With Scholastic Book Club, you don't know what's in the book before you buy it, because they order it first and then the shipment comes in. Remember? Remember how that used to work? And so um, beware. You know, so we've got a couple of warning emails I wanted to share with you one about the journey to Bethlehem, and this other one about the Scholastic Book, Conversations with God. So how do we protect our kids from that? As I weekly try to protect my grandson who's going to a public high school, I ask him each week, have you been brainwashed yet? Are you watching out for these things? And he tells me what they're trying to teach him at school that is um, off the radar that he's very aware of. So let's protect our children, make them strong so they can go out and change the world. We'll be back with more of Mass in a moment.
2: 990 WDEO, Ypsilanti, Detroit, W300CO Dexter, an Ave Maria radio station and on the net at avemariaradio.net.
0: our second hour of Mast Appeal. Mast Appeal is the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. My name is Colleen Kelly Mast. I've been married way over 40 years. I have five adult children. I have a background in family life, education. Learning right from my family, being second oldest of nine children, and I'm certified as a life coach, which is what most of our radio listeners need. Sometimes we don't really have a mental illness or an addiction that we have to fight with, but sometimes we're addicted, like to our favorite sin, and we need some help. I had one coaching client this week who said, after one session of life coaching, she was relieved of her anxiety she said she's been believing satan's lies for 10 years (laughs) and now just getting her head straight and hearing some truth she's like whoa that changed my whole life and so uh, that doesn't happen to everybody some people take uh, packages of sessions to make some changes but you never know what god can do when you look at the truth and call out the lies so give us a call here on Catholic Radio for the next hour. Your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are today. You can learn more about my work at my website, my speaking, my books, Love and Life, Sex Respect, Love Ed, or my life coaching at respect, the number four, the letter U, respect4u.com. You can email me through there as well, respect4u.com. Or for now, give us a call. Your calls drive the show. You decide what the topics are this hour. The number is 877. 877- Five seventy three seventy eight twenty five eight seven seven five Pep Talk. And uh we're gonna Jennifer is on the air right now. We'll go right to the calls. Still have other comments to make in between, but let's go to Jennifer right now. She's been waiting. Jennifer, you're on the air. How can I help you?
11: Hi. Well, I first of all I love your I love your show and Thank I'm a you. big supporter of, of the radio station. Oh, um good. my question is my question is my my nephew is um twenty two years old, and up until this point um we haven't had a big relationship i much closer when he was younger um and then my brother and his mother had separated well, not mm. married um, they're mm. not they're not Catholic, so it's a little difficult um mm. but he just recently um made a post on facebook um that he is now a she so I'm just trying to. We did reach out. My sisters and I did reach out to him to see if we could, you know, like, wow, this is a lot. Um, you know, you, you, <laughs> we we we'd like to talk to you. We'd like to sit down mm-hmm. and see if, you know, if you had any questions or anything that we could help with. Yeah. Um, and I'm. I just without. We don't want to shut the door, but we also. Have little ones in the family that this is not something that we want to introduce mm-hmm. um, at uh-huh. all. <laughs> the holidays right, right. are coming up, mm-hmm. and I—I I don't know. I—I I don't want to. I mean, he is my nephew. I love him to death. I mm-hmm. just don't feel comfortable calling him Jewel now, mm-hmm. and I—I I don't know how to deal with. You know, I feel like it's selfish of me to be uh, having these feelings and and being upset. I don't—I don't know why I'm upset. I just don't know how to you know console him he's on medic he's on hormones and he is going oh for the goodness. surgery and and oh, he's 22 and i goodness. just feel like i don't know what to do so okay. i was hoping to get a <laughs> okay have, let's have look to at the truth but. here
0: okay first of all you are not being selfish that's a lie you're not being selfish to be concerned about this you're concerned about <laughs> him living a lie So, no, you're not being selfish. You are concerned. You want your nephew, who you care about, to live the truth. So the best way to console him is to give him that gift of understanding and i would even show him send him these video clips of all these detransitioners there's so many coming out if you're on any conservative email list or uh, websites or youtube channels that there's so many people detransitioning now and saying that i wish i would have had someone help me solve my psychological problem rather than try to change my biology. So he is believing a lie that he can transition from a man to a woman. That's absolutely physically impossible. You and I know that. Down to the chromosome. He's an XY chromosome in every cell of his body. Women are XX. He can't change his Gender he can't change his sex, and that's just a big, fat lie of people that are trying to make money of the devil, the evil one that's trying to um, harm people so no you're not being selfish to try to to spare your children from being scandalized. so how do we console him is by offering our understanding, and like you did, you know do you want to talk and i'd love to to understand what you're thinking and, and ask him if he is different today than he was 10 years ago. And he probably says, yeah, I'm different than I was 10 years ago. I'm a whole different person. And say, can you imagine if you might be different at thinking 10 years from now as you are today today? And that's highly possible. And here's a lot of stories of people who detransitioned. And so you've got to listen to to their truth, their reality. They made a mistake, knowing that you might be a different, different 10 years from now as you are today. So why would you consider doing something so permanent as to mutilate yourself physically, change your own hormones, not respect the person that you are? just because you're having some confusion or some feelings. And ask him if he would consider getting psychological help through a Catholic counselor that would help him see what... The problem is it is making him want to make this change. Why is he unhappy with himself? Why does he hate himself so much? Because your hope is to teach him that he needs to love himself as God created him to be and accept himself as God created him to be, not run away from his manhood because he's afraid or harmed or damaged in some way. So to really love him you would want to help him think through his decision and possibly halt it, pause it, and reverse it because that would be living the truth. You want to call him to the truth. One of my my friends used this analogy when she was speaking out in Massachusetts to to, uh, people that were struggling with their sexual identity. She said, if you had a friend that was chained to a tree and they were hungry, would you bring them a plate of food? or would you unchain them from the tree? Well, you could bring them a plate of food that might temporarily give them some consolation and comfort, but you would really free them if you would unchain them from the tree. And that's why you want to go deeper, if you can, with your nephew. Listen, try to help him understand why he's thinking that, how it could be harmful to himself, how it's really a form of self-hate and that you want to love him, you want him to love himself, you want him to experience God's love. So pray for him, approach him very carefully and gently, and, uh, and ask him rhetorical questions to help him think through the situation he's doing. And then, as I said, then send him some stories of people who have been there and back. Um, you can find some of those I know at the Ruth Institute and other places. I think PragerU has some um, different conservative news sources and educational sources. Will have some some sources of people who have come back. Oh, there's so many that I've seen lately, um, girls and boys who transitioned to to be the wrong sex. Because they, you can't change your genetics, and have now and are now sorry. So, so challenge him to, to not do anything drastic at this point or reverse what he has. Because if he can, if he's already started the hormones, um, consider if he can, if he's not too far gone that he can reverse those. And so, this our our genetics, our genetic sexuality, the X Y chromosome for men, is a law of nature. You know, just like the law of gravity, you can't jump out a window and think you're not gonna get harmed. He's gonna be harmed by this and it's not gonna solve what his real problem is. So in terms of am I selfish to try to stay away from the holidays, not at all. You wanna protect your children from this scandal. You don't want to confuse your children. So who's ever hosting, you want to ask that host, you know, if uh if I invited you to my house and I was gonna have poison for dinner and I told you that ahead of time i'm I'm serving i'm going to poison the turkey. um you probably wouldn't want to come and be poisoned, right? And so I don't want to bring my children and have to face this confusion of our nephew at the holiday. We just want to have a nice holiday, so if you're inviting him we're probably not going to come. Actually, we aren't going to come. And so if he's not going to come because he's living in his confusion right now or afraid to approach people, you know, then we'll be there. But, but whoever's hosting, just say you know we're we're not coming or if you're hosting just say uh, um right now you're in such confusion um i think it would disturb everybody around um to have to enter into your confusion with you so maybe you can find a few people to have a holiday with um unless you have uh you know can Come as the man that you were created to be, the boy that you are, and, uh, and live the life that you have been, the boy that we know. So you don't have to bring your kids and expose them to that. Actually, it would be wrong. So no, you're not selfish. <laughs> now, I gave you ideas on how to console him and really help him, but um, do protect your children from his confusion and try to help him out of that confusion. Does that give you some clarity on that, Jennifer?
11: It does. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time.
0: Okay, you're welcome. All right, we have to, to live the truth, and we can't lie. You aren't going to call him Jewel, and he's, if he insists on that, even when you talk to him to help him, and he says, well, you should call me Jewel and say, I know you. I know you're a boy. I'm going to call you by your proper name. If you want your friends to call you Jewel, you can do that, but I'm not going to lie with you because I know you. And I care for you. I love you. And I know how God created you. And so I'm not going to lie with you. I'm not going to pretend um, as you're pretending right now. So, no, you don't have to call them by the pretend name. All right, next caller. This is Colleen. No, it's time for a break. This is Colleen Kelly Mast on Mast Appeal. Give us a call with your question or personal problem. Holidays are coming. We're going to be facing a lot of things, or we're not going to be going to that family holiday gathering. Aren't sure, <laughs> Depending on that situation. Give us a call with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show is 877 573 7825 pep talk And their lines open waiting to hear from you. We'll be back right after this message.
6: Can our society return to sanity?
0: No, not without
6: widespread spiritual revival. I don't see how it can happen. As Richard Weaver said in the classic, Ideas Have Consequences, nothing can be done until we have decided whether we are primarily interested in truth. And that's a capital T. Not my truth, not your truth, but the truth we share of an objective moral universe. And that's where we have to stand firm And insist, with all grace and with all love, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he did teach that the truth is good and will set us free. But there's no freedom until we re-embrace some shared understanding of
7: the truth. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and the Ave Maria Radio app.
2: It's time for Family Man with Dr. Gregory Popchuk. Do
7: you ever wish
6: you had more breaks from the daily demands of kids, chores, and work? Getting time for yourself is important, but a better way to stave off parental burnout is by examining how we manage our daily stress. Ask yourself this. Are you able to ask for help from your family, or do you just passively, and maybe resentfully, meet everyone else's demands? Do you have routines that create a good flow in your day, or do you find yourself constantly running from one mini-crisis to the next? The Liturgy of Domestic Church Life helps families create relationships, routines, and rituals that tame the craziness, make life easier on everyone, especially mom and dad. And when you do get a break, you'll be able to enjoy it more, too. To learn more about the Liturgy of Domestic Church Life, check out our books, Parenting Your Kids with Grace and Parenting Your Teens and Tweens with Grace, or visit catholichom.com. I'm Dr. Greg Popcheck, but you can call me family man. To discover more ways faith can enrich your life, visit catholiccounselors.com.
0: Welcome to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825, 877-5, pep talk and there are lines open. Waiting to hear from you. Um, I got another email from someone that, that it gives us confidence and encouragement to help our children. As I know, our, our last caller Jennifer wanted to protect her children from the lies of our culture. That even, unfortunately, the medical community, doctors, politics, a lot of people have bought Satan's lie that thinks that we can change the sex that God created us to be, and it's usually rooted in some deep psychological problem that a people that a person might not even know. So continue to to pray for them and guide them and help them. But what about our kids? How do we strengthen our kids? So um, somebody emailed me this and said, Don't feel sorry or fear for your kids or grandkids because the world they're going to grow up in is not what it used to be. Same with your nieces and nephews and neighbors. God created them and called them for the exact moment in time that they're in. Think about that. Their life wasn't a coincidence or an accident. I think of Catherine de Siena, I think of Joan of Arc. I think of all the the wonderful, I mean, even St. Augustine's conversion and St. Ignatius, St. Francis. So raise them up. Raise up your kids, grandkids, nieces, and nephews to know the power they walk in as children of God. And train them up in the authority of God's word. Help them know their Bibles. Help them know the catechism. Teach them to walk in faith knowing that God is in control. Otherwise, they're going to be following their emotions and their vanity and, and trying to acquire the attention of others. Empower them to know they can change the world. That's what I'm trying to do with my own kids and grandkids. They can change the world so don't teach them to be afraid or disheartened by this state of the world, the confusion that's out there but be hopeful that they can do something about it. When I speak to teenagers and preteens, I tell them that that you are going to make a difference. You're going to be the next presidents and governors and uh, movie writers and actors and actresses and dress designers. Um, you're going to be the next bioethicist. You know, you're going to be the hospital administrator that's going to stop euthanasia. You're going to be the people that Make a difference. So every person, this email says, in all of history has been placed in the time that they were in because of God's sovereign plan. So Daniel could handle the lion's den. David could handle Goliath. God knew that Esther could handle Haman. God knew Peter could handle persecution. And he knows that your child, your children, your grandchildren, your nieces and nephews, the kids in your catechism class that you teach, they can handle whatever challenge they face in their life because God created them specifically for that. So don't be scared for your children. Empower them. Be honored that God chose you to to bring this next generation up that's facing the biggest challenges of our life and facing all these particular lies. So rise up to the challenge raise some daniel some david some esthers some peters some pauls even you know god isn't scratching his head up there wondering hmm, what am i going to do with this mess of a world he's sending you out as warriors he has an army he's raising up to drive back the darkness and make him known all over the earth and there're not a lot of us right now in this particular country and so don't let your fear steal the greatness of god placed in this next generation It's hard to imagine them anything besides our sweet little babies, and we want to protect them from everything that we can. But we want to strengthen them because they were born for such a time as this. And Tuesday, when I or Monday night, when I go out to St. John, Indiana, to uh, launch their Love Ed program, we will strengthen and empower parents. First, we're going to have the parent night, so parents. Go out with confidence and can answer their kids' questions, whether their child is 2 or 3 years old or 12 or 13 years old. And then that will follow with the two seminars that the parish can put on itself, because I have them on video, a parent and child for 9 to 11-year-olds and a parent and child with uh, 12 to 15-year-olds and their separate genders, father, son, mother, daughter. And that my Love Ed program empowers parents to help their kids be confident in the truth about love and marriage and their sexuality and what a friendship is and what love really means and who God is. And so if Love Ed can help you do that, um, go to my website and check it out at respectforyou.com. For now, give me a call with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877 Five: pep Talk, and there are lines open, waiting to hear from you. All right, we have a couple people that fell off the line here, or that it couldn't wait any longer. Gene um, from Texas, Annie Anonymous, and another anonymous wants to email his question um, from earlier. OK, so we'll go to Annie Anonymous first. Do we have time, yes, we do. Um, from Illinois, she said she's been in an emotionally abusive marriage for over 20 years. She loves him. But he has her on a stipend. Oh my goodness, that's economically abusive too. She feels like he did this because he pulled their kids out of public and put them in... Oh, she pulled them out of public school and put them in Catholic schools. Okay, And she says she walks on eggshells. Sometimes he's nice and other times he berates her. Um, She's using her inheritance to pay for the incidentals for her kids. He pays a tuition, but that's it. Oh my goodness. All right, this is a big problem of control, manipulation, um, verbal abuse. I hope you're getting some professional help through either life coaching or CatholicCounselors.com dot com or CatholicTherapist.com. dot com This is um a very, very difficult situation to live in, but I can give you some tips and some help and even a book to read. Um, so this is not what you'd call a marriage um, and but there there is some hope if people are open to change, and there are ways that you can respond that keep you from being emotional, distraught, and walking on eggshells. And that is... To live the truth and say the truth very kindly, and not take in that verbal abuse. A classic book on verbal abuse is called *The Verbally Abusive Relationship* by Patricia Evans, and I've probably been recommending that for 20 years on this show. *The Verbally Abusive Relationship* by Patricia Evans—I think it's been revised like three times now. It's in its um, most modern, um, and she has five books, obviously. But this was her by now. But this was her first one. *The Verbally* Abusive relationship, and this is—it uh, gives you ways to respond to them. How to, you know how to recognize it, and which is obviously a situation you're in. You have emotional and verbal abuse, and economic abuse. He's trying to control you. Um, So, And even the book would help people if they were the perpetrator of of verbal abuse, too. Maybe he would read it with you. That would be the best um, if he would read it with you because then you would be aware together of how this problem exists and how you can see it when it's coming and how to respond in a way that doesn't accept that but just very carefully responds to the lies. When he puts you down, like you say, he's um he's uh sometimes he's nice and other times he berates her. When he'll he'll do something to berate her. You take your mind right to heaven and say, you know that's not true. You know that I was made in the image and likeness of God. You were attracted to me in the first place and you you know who I am and that's not right. Um so you shouldn't really be saying that. You no, know, so when he berates you you give it right back to him, but you don't berate him back. You just say, well, that's a lie. You're going to have to think of something else to say. Can you say something kind? And so call his attention to it instead of accepting that that's a, a continuous reality for the two of you. So so get that book, The Verbally Abusive Relationship by Patricia Evans, and see if he's willing to... Um, willing to read it with you, or willing to read it parallel to you, get it, or share the copy, or get two copies. Um, she, one of her later books is also The Verbally Abusive Man, Can He Change? And she'll help you see through this particular relationship that you're in, is this one changeable or not? But you shouldn't have to be walking on eggshells and live in fear of saying the wrong thing, nor should he be controlling you. And if he do, he's not willing to read this book right away, The Verbally Abusive Relationship, just read reading it yourself will help you. Then I might suggest you get a, um, if he's open to this part, get a financial counselor. There are Catholic agencies that help with that. Catholic social services can help you find one. There are some through Dave Ramsey, a wonderful Christian group. There are some through Compass, a Catholic group that can help you find a financial counselor. And let him be responsible to someone else for the budget rather than you begging for money or him giving you a stipend that isn't covering the expenses of the children. So go to a, a financial counselor together and get some help for uh, for working on that budget and figuring that out, and then he, you won't be um, abused in that way as well. So those are a couple ideas, and hopefully... Those, you know, getting that book, reading through it with them, getting some um, advice for finances, and hopefully getting some professional help for yourself is going to help you see your situation and get out of it in some way. Whether he changes or not, you need to be out of that situation emotionally so you can live that dignity that, that God created for you and be the mom that you want to be, and your kids don't have to live in fear as well. So I hope that helps you today, Annie Anonymous. Okay, next caller was Gene, and he dropped off the air, too. So, Gene, you wanted to comment on the litany of humility. So to, to him, he said, well, I'll have to do that after. You give us a call. Lines open waiting to hear from you. The lines I know were crowded, and you had a long wait first hour, but there's time now. Give us a call, 877-573-7825, pep We'll be back with your calls in just a moment.
1: Why do we have confession? According to the Catholic Catechism, Christ instituted the sacrament of penance for the sinful members of his church, especially those who had fallen into grave sin, thus losing their baptismal grace and wounding their ecclesial communion. Over the centuries, the administration of the sacrament has evolved. In the early church, penitents guilty of particularly grave offenses such as idolatry, murder, adultery, were required to do public penance, sometimes for years before receiving reconciliation. In the 7th century, Irish missionaries, inspired by Eastern monastic tradition, brought the practice of private penance to Europe. This effectively ended public penance before forgiveness, making the sacrament essentially between penitent and priest as it is today. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism.
3: When I used to hear evangelists and preachers talk about Jesus being a friend, I often thought it was an odd concept. How am I supposed to be friends with our Lord and Savior in Heaven while I'm here on Earth? Then I started to talk to Him. It all started in adoration years ago while on a retreat. Today my conversations mostly take place in my car. I often have conversations like, Hey Jesus, what's up with that? You know, when I'm venting, or thank you Lord for helping me out when I'm in a bind. I complain, I cry, I laugh, and I thank Him. All the time. It's the only time you can be certain your conversations won't be repeated. That is what a friend is after all, right? Someone you could talk to and trust with all your heart. So as the song goes, What a friend do you have in Jesus? Well, I guess the best one. This has been a Christ Center Communication Message. I'm Vanessa Dunhagarmo, a communications evangelist.
0: Welcome to Mass to Peel, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. Call now. We've got time to take your call, and you won't have to wait more than half an hour, because that's all the time we have. The number is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK, with no wait. I'm just going to answer a couple of the people that, that hung up when they waited too long. So this one I was just starting before the break from Gene from Texas. He wanted to comment on the litany of humility because we started out at the, the top of the show looking at that prayer, praying it, examining it, because this Sunday's gospel is whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So God doesn't say you can never be exalted, but if you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. And you try to put yourself first, you might be humbled. So it doesn't say that that those are things that we seek, (coughs) that we just don't seek to be exalted, we don't seek praise. And in the litany of humility, we um, we don't have that. We want to be freed from that desire to be esteemed and praised and consulted. Instead of oh no, they didn't ask me first, you know. And we don't want to be afraid of being humiliated. Um, But it's not like we embrace it like some of the saints did. But we don't want to be afraid of being forgotten. If that is God's will for us to be humiliated, we grow in humility. So um, he says the prayer almost sounds like we have to love our neighbors more than ourselves. He says, but it says we should love them as much as we love ourselves. So what are thoughts on this? He said, well... Again, people have a, a false idea of humility, and some people even have a false humility. Um, humility is not putting yourself down, nor is it submitting to being a doormat. You know, so you don't sit down and take it like our last call- caller that I said um, was. Uh, uh, that was being verbally abused. We don't have to, to take abuse. We still live justice. We live truth. Um, we know what we owe God. We know that other people owe us nothing, and we're not going to get what we deserve in this life, or sometimes we will get bad things that we really deserve. And so the litany of humility is, is challenging us to love our neighbor as ourselves But first of all, love God before all things, and live his justice, and live his truth. And it's being comfortable with God, knowing that whatever gets sent to us, whether we are esteemed or humiliated, or whether we're praised or forgotten, we accept that as God's will, unless, of course, it's a matter of an injustice or a lie, and we try to correct that. So humility is knowing our place before God, loving God first, And accepting sometimes we have to bear wrongs patiently. Of others, which is one of the spiritual works of mercy, or maybe admonish the sinner, which is another spiritual work of mercy. Um, just the spiritual works of mercy are just as important as the corporal works of mercy. As everybody's collecting food for the hungry, and coats for winter, uh, for poor people, and those are wonderful things. But we can't forget the spiritual works of mercy as well. And one of those is praying for others. So, so look at that litany of humility and see. So it's not like. We're never to be esteemed or loved or honored or consulted. It's that we aren't to, to desire that and hope for that and be disappointed when we don't get it. And that's how we love God first and accept ourselves for who we are. And we're not going to be afraid of being humiliated. And if we are, we turn to God, we grow in virtue. And so that last part, it might be what you question, where it says that others may be loved more than I, others may be esteemed more than I, grant me the grace to desire it. It's not that we're putting ourselves down, it's that we are confident in our relationship with God. And we are confident that no matter what He throws our way, we will be able to, be, to handle it. And that we are challenged to be as holy as we should, um, with God giving us all the graces and opportunities that he can and us responding to God. And so if we go unnoticed in a worldly way, it doesn't destroy ourselves because our confidence, our, our identity are with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I hope that helps a little bit as we look at the litany of humility about loving God with all our hearts and loving our neighbor um, as we love ourselves and, but in not putting ourselves ahead of them. You give us a call, too, with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's show is 877-573-7825. 877-5-PEP-TALK. Is Elizabeth ready? Elizabeth from Minnesota? Is she ready to go on the air, Melissa? Guess not. Okay. All right. Something somebody else sent me this week is very interesting, and she didn't wait on the air. So there's time for you. Now we had a caller drop again. Uh, The number is 877-573-7825, 877-5-PEP-TALK. One of our wonderful, thoughtful listeners, Helen, who writes regularly and sends me interesting things, sometimes funnies, she sent me this article uh, the other day, and I thought, oh, this is great for our radio listeners. In the article, it was written by a seminarian in New Jersey, and it's called Eight Things Catholics Should Do When They Have a Bad Day. This kind of ties in with his Sunday's gospel in terms of our humility as well. So, eight things Catholics should do when you're having a bad day, because bad days happen. I mean, every day is not going to be perfect. We're going to have some really high, wonderful Holy Spirit days and some experiences we're grateful for, and we're going to have some really bad ones. And so, um,. Sometimes more frequently than we want we 're having a bad day, um, but don't be defined by your bad days. be defined by your Christian perseverance and faith and hope and charity, even through these difficult moments. So these are these eight spiritual practices for Catholics that the seminarian in New Jersey wrote Let's see if I 've got his name here um, that are mm, Yeah, Andrew Rubinich. Um, And that we can do when we're having a bad day. So the first thing he says is, Pause. Just take a moment, breathe, and collect yourself. We can do that. When you're having a bad day, pause, take a moment, breathe, collect yourself. And I would say, take your brain to heaven. Okay, number two, he says, Invoke the Holy Spirit if you're having a bad day. Ask the Holy Spirit to come, fill your heart, and enkindle in you the fire of His love. You recognize that prayer? He said, breathe the breath of life given by the Holy Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit will be then, as we learn in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you're having a bad day, first, pause, breathe, collect yourself. Two, invoke the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come fill your heart. And then third, he says, suffer go ahead and suffer he said suffering is so contrary to everything the world holds as a priority suffering means abandoning the comforts and stability that you have for challenge and struggle so he said it's truly the road through the cross to eternal life so unite your sufferings or your difficulties if you're having a bad day with jesus's sufferings for sinners for souls in purgatory or for those in need So he said, accept the suffering and pretty much offer it up. So eight things we should do when we're having a bad day. One is pause. Two, invoke the Holy Spirit. Three is accept the suffering and offer it up. And number four, he said, is reflect. With the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, reflect. What is happening? Why are you having difficulty? What is the problem? Is it sin? Is it fear? Is it self-awareness and self-knowledge? Be honest with yourself and listen to God. So we're halfway through the eight things you should do when you're having a bad day. Pause and breathe. Invoke the Holy Spirit. Accept the suffering and offer it up. And reflect on what's really going on here and being honest with yourself and God. Give us a call with your question or personal problem. The number to get on today's mass Appeal is 877-573-7825. We'll see if we can get to the next four. Welcome back to Mass Appeal, the Saturday morning live show on Catholic Radio, where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. The number to get on today's show with your question or personal problem is 877 573 7825. 877 5 Pep Talk. Our next caller is William from Virginia. Welcome to the show, William. You're on the air now. What is your question today? Hello, is William there? With the marriage question? Oh yeah, is William there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs>
12: can Way you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you now. Fine. Your your microphone must have been uh, off. Okay, go ahead with your uh, question, William.
12: Okay. Uh just wanted to know I um I was baptized in two thousand four into the Catholic church and uh my uh that's a long story, probably more longer than it's gonna time that I'm going to have to tell you. Okay. But I was I was married for 26 years and I was not a Christian. And um, my uh, my ex-wife uh, just you know just lived lived a life of, we lived a life of sin. You know everything mm-hmm. that you shouldn't be doing we were doing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
12: uh, God hit me over the top of the head and I became a Christian.
0: Thanks be to God. And when
12: I did, um, it just it was just really, really, it just changed everything i mm-hmm. I mean, I could see things I couldn't see before, obviously,,
5: Beautiful. and you
12: are a new creation in Christ when you mm-hmm. give your life to the lord and um but anyhow, my ex wife um she was in the Wiccan into witchcraft,
0: oh my
2: and
12: um so it's and it's you know we had three children, and um i mean i and i after after we divorced and uh, for a couple years, I was by myself, and uh, I talked talking to a priest, and I went through the Almond process and uh, a couple times, and they just didn't think that, that it met all the standards it was supposed to meet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I still pray a rosary, and I still go to Mass, but I, um, for the last seven years, I, I remarried two years afterwards, and for seven years, we've kind of lived like brother and sister. Oh, and, uh and it's tough. And mm-hmm. um, just trying to, I, you know, I don't know where to go at this point, you know? Just what, um, I know God can do anything. So, but it's uh, not where you start that matters, it's where you finish, you know? So, mm-hmm.
0: so uh, your but, particular question is: um, it's what, William? Just how well, to get through this situation know, or.
12: If yeah, I just want to know how to get my my wife to come back to the church to, you know, the mm. things that I can tell her, you know. She was she was confirmed in the church, She was married, she's baptized Catholic and confirmed uh. in the church and she she's a Pentecostal. Okay. And right. uh it's tough. So, do okay. you have something I could
0: Okay. Um yeah, wow. Well, welcome to the church, and know that God's grace is with you. He's called you to communion with Him. Uh, so a couple of things you might do with your wife is to, if she doesn't want to come to Mass with you, ask her what she likes about going to the Pentecostal church, and it might be the entertainment, it might be the energy, it might be um, some social things, and you can discuss, if you'd like her to come to the Catholic Mass with you, what are those, why did Jesus start the Catholic Church? I mean, he's the, he founded the Catholic Church, and the Pentecostal Church was not founded by Jesus. And so to help her appreciate some things about the Catholic Church. Um, one, to help appreciate that, she's going to learn that from your heart of love. And you can give her short testimonies here and there, and just say, if I, you know, because... Because God called me, you know, to the Catholic Church, this gives me that that power, that ca- capability of, you know, loving you like I do, and uh, and growing in virtue. So, so give credit to the Catholic Church for for who you are now, because you've been formed now and transformed by Christ through the Church. And then we do have the sacraments uh, uh, available to us, and and for you to live as brother and sister is so heroic and admirable so that you can receive Communion, and invite her to listen to maybe some of the the Catholic radio shows with you and discuss it with her, like the um, David Andrews show called to Communion that's during the day, if you're available during the day, or listen to Catholic Answers um, together and discuss and re-educate her in a way of helping her understand the beauty and the gifts of the Catholic Church. You can go to adoration together, or you can go to you know, pray some of the devotions, go to benediction, and appreciate the beauty of us connecting to God rather than us just connecting to other people or each other or building community. Um, the Catholic Church connects us to God, although there are some opportunities to build community if you want to do um, those social things in the Church. So tell her what you appreciate about the church and listen to those shows together and discuss them. Maybe go to catholic.com, their website, have her ask some of her questions, and let that third party, either one of the radio shows or the, the website at Catholic Answers, let that third party be your, your guide rather than you just trying to nag her and beg her. But you want to help educate yourself and her. And you want to love her as as well as you can and, and thank God for the graces to do that. So uh, bring her along gently and be open about conversing. Don't treat her as if she's the enemy or lost or gone. Just treat her as she, she just needs uh, more information and to grow in her faith and some more grace that you can be um, united spiritually as you desire. Okay, let's see. Our, thanks for the call. I hope that helped you. Um, it, okay. Mm, all right. We'll go to our break now. and We'll be back with more of Mass Appeal right after this message.
7: Church ...teaches that Jesus Christ is literally and wholly present, body and blood, soul and divinity, under the appearances of bread and wine. In the Bread of Life discourse documented in John chapter 6, Jesus states that He is the bread of life and that His flesh is true food and His blood true drink. The Jews were scandalized in verse 52. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus does not back down, but reiterates this teaching four more times over the next four verses. Many left in verse 66 because this teaching was truly difficult. But at no point does Jesus water down his teaching and call them back. No, he allows them to leave and even questions his twelve apostles if they too wish to leave. Jesus intended to be understood literally, and the Jews, apostles, and the Catholic Church absolutely take him at his word. Examining the truth of the Catholic faith, this is faithforensics.org.
2: Ever thought you'd make a bundle by trading in or selling your used vehicle only to find out it's worth a dinner for two? Well, it's much more valuable to donate your vehicle to Ave Maria Radio. Thousands of Americans donate their vehicle each year. The donation to Ave Maria is easy, tax-deductible, and supports our efforts to evangelize. A year from now, will you remember that dinner or your gracious and selfless donation? Go to AveMariaRadio.net to find out more. That's AveMariaRadio.net.
1: Ciao, Amici. Teresa Tamio here. If you're looking for something inspiring to give to someone this Christmas season or maybe just a little stocking stuffer for yourself, make sure to check out the Ave Maria Radio online store. Plenty of books are sale to teach, inspire, and renew your connection with God. Speaking of sales, my book, Everything's Coming Up Rosie, is 25% off this month while supplies last. So go ahead over to AveMariaRadio.net and click on the
3: bookstore. Happy shopping.
0: Where you can get some free and friendly advice from a Catholic perspective. I'm not going to give out the number. It's our our last segment here, and I didn't finish the eight things Catholics should do when they have a bad day. So we'll see if we get to these, or if we save the next four for <laughs> for next week. But we've got a couple of callers here on the air here. Um, okay, Frank from Pennsylvania. Frank, uh, welcome to the show. We've heard from you before. How can I help you today, Frank?
6: Hi, Colin Kelly. Hi. I, I just want to give you an update on the X39 patch. Okay. I started back in early June. Yeah. Um, except for that first day, um, there's been no changes. Um, the only thing, the last week or two, I was sleeping pretty good still. Now I'm back to, like, I sleep two, three, four hours. Then I'm awake for two, three hours. Maybe getting out. So my sleep is, is back to where it was before, too. Nothing, nothing got better. actually got a little worse. Um mm-hmm. I know. I'm I'm doing I take the patch as as ordered, you know, twelve hours a day. Mm-hmm. I even tried the eon before and eon um, glutathione back in the
8: summertime but nothing's working.
0: hmm I talked okay. to Annette all the time. Oh good. I was gonna say, talk to Annette who put you on the patches and um she can help you arrange that. But I remember that you before you first talked to Annette and got on the patches that you had a lot of serious things going on, and people, and you said some genetic things as well, and and I know some people that have gotten on them since then just, you know, go for a whole year because we can't feel our stem cells. We don't know what they're doing or when they're healing things. So um, somebody who has a lot of conditions, it might take a long time. So they say at least stay on it for a a month for every decade you've been alive and if you have more serious issues you know some people give it a year give it a year and a half and see what it does for them so um, yeah you're right uh, talk to Annette she helps you as as much as she can and uh, and and I'm glad you're staying in touch with her regularly Annette got so busy with uh, people and her other work that uh, my husband then became a um, uh, distributor for uh the lifeway patches too so people that have been Um, looking to to try that and a lot of them are getting real good good results my husband tells me when he talks to the the LifeWave people that have called in through the show that some are getting amazing results right away their first month, some wait you know, several months to do it, some get surprised with what changes but we normally can't feel our stem cells and we don't know how they work so either your body needs more time or it's it's healing away inside that you don't know exactly what's going on so all that does, um, the path it doesn't do miracles it's not transdermal it doesn't um you know put anything in you but it signals your copper peptides with a, a phototherapy it's just a light signal it uses the light in your own body the energy in your own body to tell the copper peptides tell your stem cells to activate and then your stem cells are programmed by god to go heal what needs to be healed first so Thanks for your patience with that, and I'm glad you're talking to Annette regularly. Thanks for the call, Frank. I love the update. (laughs) Okay, bye-bye. Then I want to finish before the show ends something that I had started a few minutes ago. The eight things Catholics should do when they're having a bad day, because we do have bad days. Every day is not the, the Holy Spirit high of Pentecost. Sometimes we have to suffer. So Andrew Rubinich, a seminary in New Jersey, wrote this article at Catholic Link. And so the first four that we talked about were to pause and breathe. to invoke the Holy Spirit. Three is suffer and offer up your suffering. Like accept the fact, don't resist your sufferings. I think it was um, Jacques Philippe who says that people who resist their sufferings double their suffering. And then reflect, what's happening here? Why am I having this difficulty? What's the problem? Is it sin? Is it my pride? Is it fear? Am I gaining self-awareness? What does God want me to learn from this? So reflect. And the number five, he said, is listen. Like, open the Bible... Open God's Word, read a chapter or a passage that speaks to you, read that daily gospel, or maybe get advice from a spiritual director um, or a wise person or a priest or maybe a trusted family member or a counselor or a life coach like myself and, and and pray with someone and ask them to pray for you that you can be you can listen and know what God is trying to tell you in this bad day. And then number six he says, is to forgive, be forgiven, and forgive yourself. And sometimes when we're having a bad day, we need to forgive someone else because it's our reaction to how they treated us. Sometimes we need to be forgiven because it's our fault that that happened. Or sometimes we need to forgive ourselves for something that we did, and we're just too scrupulous in not accepting God's mercy. So that's when it's time to go to confession. Do your penance. Forgive people who have offended you, and forgive yourself. He said confession is an act of honesty and courage, an act of entrusting ourselves to the mercy of a loving and forgiving God. So there's number six. There's two more of the eight things we should do when Catholics are having a bad day in this article on CatholicLink.org by a seminarian in New Jersey, Andrew Ribinich. And the next two are resolve. He said now that you've, been, that you've taken some time to reflect, he said make a resolution. Persevere in faith by believing and following God's almighty power and the truths of the church. So persevere in hope, he says, by living with longing for the kingdom of heaven, that's what we should all do, and recognizing that there lies ultimate happiness. So persevere in charity your love by loving God above all things and your neighbor as yourself. And then number eight, he says, of the eight things Catholics should do when they have a bad day is to give thanks and get ready. So he says, there's challenges, difficulties, and bad days. They will come and go, but they call us to remain a true disciple of Christ. So, be a true disciple of Christ. Always rejoice and give thanks. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of Christ. Christ Jesus for you today so be prepared for challenges respond as a disciple stand firm in your commitment to living the gospel so whether it's your failing whether it's loneliness or difficult relationships or at work or in pleasure or in danger or in illness we will we can find God in all these places and so rejoice and take some of these eight tips from Andrew Rubinich, a seminary in New Jersey, and this awesome article at catholiclink.org if you want to go find it. So if you're having a bad day, pause, invoke the Holy Spirit, suffer and offer it up, reflect, listen to wisdom of the Bible or a trusted friend, forgive, be forgiven, forgive yourself, resolve and give thanks, and get ready for the challenges of life. And we can still rejoice because we have hope in the eternal heaven. Well, thanks for being with us today. I hope those tips, although I recited them fairly quickly, will, um, will help you. And remember to read that litany of humility, ponder that, and be ready for tomorrow's lesson in our gospel tonight. Whoever, humbles himself will be, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. We're not a doormat, but we are children of God. So let's remember to be good, do good, live in God's love so that we can spread that good news and bring the love of Christ to others.
2: Massed Appeal is produced by Ave Maria Radio and broadcast through the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Copies can be purchased or free downloads can be found at the Ave Maria website avemariaradio.net If you have a comment or question for Colleen Write to Colleen at AveMariaRadio.net or Mass Appeal at AveMariaRadio.net and listen for Mass Appeal Saturday mornings from 9 to 11 Eastern Time for free, friendly advice from a Catholic perspective.